Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where we dive into conversations about psychedelics and healing. I'm your host, Christine. And I'm Leah. We invite you to listen with an open mind and heart and a little bit of curiosity while we break your brains along with some stigmas and make you laugh along the way. So let's get into it. All right. Welcome, Callie Klug. It is so nice to meet you. So um, I found you through TikTok. You have an amazing TikTok um, presence. Um, You talk a lot about healing. And I just want you to kind of introduce yourself and tell the listeners what you do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my name is Callie. Um, I am a somatic facilitator. So my journey kind of began as a yoga teacher. So like you have the Kundalini snakes behind you. So, you know, yoga is more than just asana practice. So it's, it's actually under the umbrella of somatic healing. Um, and for me, body-based healing has always resonated a lot. Um, and from yoga, I kind of explored into Tantra yoga. If you're familiar with Tantra, it's more like body-based. Oh. <laughs> I just thought you guys look at each other. <laughs> yeah, it's more like that body-based uh, yoga, like embodiment practices. Um, a lot of traditional yoga is like upper chakra work, if you're familiar with that, which is like meditation, um, like rising above. And then embodiment is kind of like coming back down into the fact that we live in a body and we're humans and we have these strong emotions and we have sensations and all of these things. So it's like dropping back down. Um, and then from there, I moved into somatic psychology, which is like the Western science of embodiment. And it, to me, it just articulates what I've been looking for, for I think a many years. Um, and now that's what I teach with this background of yoga. Um, but now I present it more through this lens of somatic psychology. How did you get into this? Yeah. Into all of this. Yeah. Like, did it just start with yoga? And from there you started to realize like, Oh wait, this is actually doing something for me mentally. Yeah. I mean, I began, well, the first time I ever did a yoga class, I was, I think, 13, and it was a hot yoga class. I remember Have you, guys ever you done hot talking yoga? about that in your podcast, and it was like a power yoga class? <laughs> Probably yes. not the best place to yes. start. Some tough, some tough stuff. No, no, it was like an intermediate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I went with my mom and it was like, I literally almost threw up and I remember leaving and being in the lobby by myself. And like, I think I cried and I was like, why do people do this? Like, this is horrible because it was so intense. Well, in, in um, hot yoga, you can't just leave because that's like, you can't just leave the room because somebody has to like go with you and assist you, right? Any place that I've been to in a hot yoga studio, like you can't just like walk out. And oh. They suggest that you like, stop, get some breath, sit down and like kind of get your composure before you leave. Huh? Yeah. I mean, I did that. I did the breath, (laughs) but I, I was still like, the heat was so foreign to me. Like, you're totally right. They tell you like, even like child's pose, like take a breath. Well, at 30, you're 13 too. You don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I did that, and I I was like, we can cuss, right? Yeah, yes. fuck yeah, you can. Okay, yeah. okay. Yes. okay, good. So I was like, why the fuck do people do this? This is like <laughs> torture. So fast forward to my senior year of high school, I was like super depressed, had so much social anxiety. I was just like a ball of stress, um, and I'd been that way for probably like since I was twelve. Um, just lots of social anxiety. Um, and then I experienced some bullying in high school too. So it was just like not a good space for me, uh, high school. And I found this yoga studio that was literally right next to my high school. And I was like, I, it was amazing. Like the, the teachers were so kind and so, um, like empathetic and so facilitating of a gentle experience and I had never experienced any kind of exercise like that before so it was really it felt so deeply safe and I remember just being in the classes and just like crying and it being this very like I don't want to say cathartic because it wasn't like this big 
explosion, but it was like this moment of connection with myself that I had literally never experienced before. And so I just never forgot that. And so once I went to college, I like came back to it and kind of got into it that way. But yeah, like I started with the physical and then I was like, wow, I, I'm a lot, I remember thinking I'm a lot less bitchy when I do <laughs> yoga. So yeah. weird how that works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, I think that also just kind of goes to show that, you know, a lot of times people will have a bad experience with something and then never do it again. Yeah. Not realizing that like that one bad experience was there were maybe a lot of factors that went into why that was a bad experience. Maybe it wasn't the right place. Maybe the teacher wasn't the right person. Maybe that wasn't the place for you. So, you know, the fact that like you went back and did it again after having a really bad experience and now like it's kind of taken on your whole <laughs> career. It's pretty wild. Like That's a good point. Give things a second mm-hmm. chance. Yeah. You know? So how did you get into then the somatic therapy and all that work? Because I read on your bio that you went to the Himalayas of India to study this stuff, which is crazy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was crazy. Like, in hindsight, (laughs) I'm like, wow. Um, I... Uh, like full transparency yoga teacher trainings are very expensive here and I was like a student and I had heard from someone if you go to India and do a YTT it's a lot cheaper and it's like more authentic because you're doing it where at the birthplace of yoga so um yeah I did I like I literally moved out of my apartment at the time and went to India and did this I was also doing an internship in France so I was like two months I did the internship and then I flew to India and did this uh four month program yeah or sorry no not four months four weeks it was one month four weeks one month program um that was for my YTT my teacher training um and it was really hard like sounds all like mystical but it was very difficult like for India the they're very rigid with the asana practice so it was really intense like a boot camp you were going through like yoga teacher boot camp (laughs) yeah no shit yeah I I do have a question somatic I don't this is gonna sound crazy like I see the word all the time. I feel like I kind of have an understanding of what that means. I know someone who's going through like somatic training right now. Um, Misha is kind of going into that right now, but what does that mean? Like what is somatic? What, what is, what is that word? I don't (laughs) like make dumb it down for me. Cause I'm, I'm like, I have a higher understanding of what it is, but I feel like it's a foreign language. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking of The Office when Michael's like, explain it to me like I'm five. I don't know if you guys watch that show. But yes. yes. I need that. <laughs> but like, that's not, it's not, a, that's so normal to not know what that word means. Like, it's not really a part of many, like, uh, average vocabulary. Like, right. it's something that I just learned in the last couple of years, too. And you hear it Like, a lot. I didn't even know yoga was... Yeah, you hear it a lot. lot Yeah, but it's not defined very often. So it makes Mm -hmm. sense. Um, So soma is the Greek word for the ancient Greek word for body. So anything that is somatic is anything of the body. So people actually uh, refer to the body as the soma. So they'll like in the training I'm doing, they say like, feel it in your soma. So it's feeling it in your body. So anything that's somatic is just body based. Okay. Oh my God. That kind of adds up to like what I thought it was. Cause I follow, you know, we follow you, we follow a lot of pages that do somatic practices and you kind of, I've had experiences in yoga. Maybe I should like start going back. I know me too. <laughs> I say that all the time. I've had experiences where I'm like literally laying there in Savasana crying Uh, And having no idea why I'm crying and and thinking like I'm crazy because I'm like, I don't even know what I'm crying about. I don't know what's coming up, but like something happened in my mind that's being released through my body. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, totally. That totally makes sense. I think Shavasana, I've totally had my Shavasana tears too. Like almost every time now I'm in Shavasana, I cry. I think Shavasana is like this really rare moment of stillness and connection with like what mm. what's going on with your body in that moment. We don't really do that ever. So I know for me, if I ever slow down, for me, I do it a lot in the sauna. Like I'll just, because I can't bring my phone in, like yay and damn, you know, <laughs> but I'll have a moment of reconnection. <laughs> and almost every time I cry because it's just, it's not like I'm constantly walking around depressed or sad, but I think reconnecting with your body is like, we don't do it very often, you know? No. So many of us are so disconnected from ourselves that we don't even know what we need because we're so disconnected. Yeah. Like so to it's connect like, is, yeah, it's is like foreign. Right. When you're connecting, it's foreign because you're like, what is this feeling? What's happening? Why am I, why am I like feeling this type of way mm-hmm. without my phone <laughs> Yeah, in a room yeah. by myself yeah. with my thoughts? Yeah. 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 So you also, um, I know you like offer services and one-on-ones and coaching, but something that you said, um, I'm kind of curious about, I'm like, I feel like a baby in this space, honestly, like we're like all the psychedelics and with, with the work that you do, I'm like, I don't know anything. I know. Talk to us like we're Kevin from the office. Yes. Talk to us like we're five. Um, (laughs) but you, you, you talked about mirror work. And I heard a little bit about that and I was like, oh, holy shit, that sounds deep. Like that sounds like it's hard to do. It seems so simple, but I feel like I would have a hard time doing it. Well, hey there, shroomies. We are so excited to have our first official sponsorship with Colors Gummies, a game changer in the world of mushroom infused treats. So let's dive into what makes Colors Gummies so unique and why we love them so much. For sure. Unlike other brands who use ground up shrooms, Colors uses nano mushroom extract from organically grown mushrooms. Their exclusive extraction process ensures purity and potency, making them five times more robust than raw mushrooms alone. Plus, their gummies carry a full-spectrum blend of tryptamines for that one-of-a-kind experience. That is amazing. So what about dosing precision? Yeah, so Colors addresses this issue with their proprietary nano extract. It's water-soluble, ensuring a one-to-one dissolution ratio in water. No more unpredictable experiences, just a consistent and reliable dose every time. Ah, I love that. Okay, now let's talk comfort because sometimes I get shroom tummy, but not with colors gummies. Oh my God, same. And there's a reason for that. I always thought it was just completely unavoidable when taking shrooms. But with colors, their extraction process isolates active compounds, leaving behind the indigestible compounds. They're gentle on the stomach, so no shroom tummy with colors. Convenience is crucial too. Colors gummies are heat resistant and perfect for on the go. There is nothing worse than finding your melted mushroom chocolates in the bottom of your bag. Holy shit, right? (laughs) Like good luck dosing that out. Colors gummies remain solid, heat resistant up to 180 degrees, but who the fuck is going in 180 degrees? (laughs) And if you are, you're not dosing mushrooms. (laughs) They're convenient for any adventure, so no mess, even distribution, reliable dosing, and a shareable experience. Okay, so now let's talk purity. Colors is committed to all natural and no synthetics. Yeah, so many brands use synthetic lab-derived compounds, but not colors. They're committed to clean products free of inorganic lab-derived compounds, and all of their products undergo third-party lab testing for potency and purity. So there is a whole range of products from Colors, including microdoses, perfect for those starting their journey or seeking a lighter dose, the double strength pouch for a more robust experience, and my new personal favorite, the Amanita Muscaria gummies for relaxation and stress relief. Ah, I love them too. They are also vegan, gluten-free, and made with real fruit juices and purees. Colors gummies are artisan-made and hand-poured for a truly exceptional experience. Ready to embark on a journey or microdose with Colors? Visit the Colors Gummies link in our bio and use our code OTHERSIDE15 for 15% off your purchase. And most importantly, be safe and dose responsibly. Hell yeah. 
Yeah, mirror work is really, I mean, have you guys heard of Louise Hay? No, just today. <laughs> no, I've never heard okay. of that. Like, well, not just today, but I ordered the book today that she oh, wrote. Oh, okay. What? I did. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was wow. one of those like serendipitous moments. Um, oh, yeah. Tell her the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a client about a month ago um, talking about this book and she was like, oh my gosh, it's like help. It's changing my life. And she told me what it was. Um, what is the name of the book? Heal, like, is it You Can Heal Your Life? You Can Heal Your Life. And then literally about an hour later, um, I had another client come in same thing. And I was like, what? Like, is this a new book? Like, you know how, when, how to change your mind came out and everybody's talking about it. Like, I'm like, how have I never heard of this book before? So I'm like, okay, that must be a sign. I need to get this book. And then last week, one of those clients came back and she's like, did you end up reading it? And I was like, oh my God, no, I forgot. It's been sitting in my Amazon cart. And then we were listening to some of your episodes and it came up and I was like, shut up shut up. Like I need to order this book <laughs> right now because I, it, I mean, it's been out for like 20 years. This isn't a new book, but the fact that like three people all in a row and I'm like, this is wild. I feel like that's how things happen with the universe. Like you just keep getting these little clues and I'm like, okay, fine, I'll order it. <laughs> so yeah, just today I finally hit submit and ordered it. So, okay. So what is this book? What is this practice? Yeah, so it's so Louise Hay. It's kind. Of, it's basically like spiritual psychology. Okay. So it's not exactly somatic work, but I I'm not gonna lie. It's been so long since I read it. I can't even like remember exactly what's in it. It's just a kind of mindset work. Um, but the mirror work for me was really powerful because you're sitting so the mirror work she has a whole book on mirror work but she also does mirror work and you can heal your life so she'll do a chapter and then at the end of the chapter she does an exercise for mirror work and it is like um it's really depending on where you are with your relationship with yourself and your reflection um mm. it can be really bring up a lot because you're sitting in front of yourself in the mirror and you're telling yourself these things like I love you Callie I really really love you and at first I was like I'm gonna throw up because I it felt so weird. weird to do you know and it's like a lot of times when we look at ourselves in the mirror we're looking to you know, do our hair, do our makeup, checking for pimples. How do I look? But it's not this like look of love and affection. And, um, yeah, so it's just really interesting because to me, that was like my, I feel like my first introduction to self-love. I like, didn't even know that was a thing before that. Uh, that's interesting. Cause I feel like, you know, it's one of those things that gets used a lot and thrown around a lot, like love yourself, just love yourself. Like, you know, I don't think any of us really understand what that means. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's so overused and underappreciated. And so when you have that moment of first loving yourself and really loving yourself, it's like, it's almost like this, Oh shit. That's what that means. You know? So I have a funny story about this. About loving yourself? <laughs> okay, Lynn. So I was um, in our bathroom and I didn't realize that my fiance, he was going to the bathroom and like, there's like a, the door was like cracked open. And so I didn't realize that he was in there going to the bathroom and I walked in there and I was looking at myself in the mirror and like smiling at myself and like being like, I fucking love you. I love you. And he just like <laughs> pushed the door open. He's like, you having a good time with yourself there? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> I thought I was alone because it's like you you should do those things and you should do those things alone. But then when you realize that somebody's like watching you do that, you're like, okay, that was 
a little awkward. <laughs> he was he was all yeah, for it, but he was just like, it's oh. so intimate, right? But he's like, oh, okay. Did I interrupt something? But so you were doing mirror work, <laughs> and I didn't even really know it. You didn't know that was a thing, yeah. But it was after we did ayahuasca. Oh, and I was like, I fucking love you so much. We should do that more. Yeah. Yeah, so I do All need of us. to do that more consistently. Yeah. And if somebody yeah. walks in, they walk in. It's fine. <laughs> I just feel like that's so intimate. Yeah. That's, yeah, it is intimate. I, like, literally would make my boyfriend leave the room. I'm like, I'm about to do mirror work. You have to leave. Because it's it's awkward. Yeah. It can be really awkward. Sure. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So yeah. you are in Orange County, right? So. Yeah, I'm in Huntington Beach. <sighs> Jealous. Mm-hmm. So we are in Louisville, Kentucky. We do have <laughs> listeners from all over the U.S., but people who are wanting to get into somatic work, how and what are some things that they can do to kind of just get started to get more connected with themselves? I would say, like, for people that have never done yeah. somatic work before. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, like, I want to say yoga, but I'm hesitating because a lot of yoga is not trauma sensitive and it can definitely, just from what I've seen in the yoga world, can definitely sometimes be more harmful or re-traumatize people, especially if people are doing like hands-on assists. Um, But yoga is an option. I think yoga is like very accessible, like whether it be at a studio or on YouTube or, you know, anything like that. Um, I would definitely not recommend meditation if you're just starting out because meditation, traditional meditation can be very triggering for people, Mm. um, because you're sitting alone with your thoughts (laughs) and when things start to come up, it can feel really overwhelming. Um, but I would say like one practice I always recommend or that I've been recommending lately is like the one I do in the sauna where you just literally like two minutes, like not more than two minutes to start off, but you're just sitting down and just notice like literally right now. And you guys can do this right now too. I've been doing this as we've been talking, but like notice right now what's going on with your body. So like right now I I'm kind of nervous because it's we're recording and I always get nervous (laughs) whenever something's recording. So I have like some butterflies. I, feel myself moving forward. My legs feel really good. I have my tea. My tea feels good. I have my ring light, the ring light I don't like. So I'm directing my attention towards you guys. I'm like co-regulating with you. And doing this practice throughout the day, it like constantly brings your awareness back to your bodily experience. So like right now I'm talking to you guys. I am feeling, like I said, all these things. And like, it's a mosaic too, right? Like I could say right now, oh, I'm kind of nervous, but there's more than just that happening. Like I, I'm feeling calm in parts of my body and I'm feeling really good in parts of my body. Um, and so I think starting to do that, it starts to connect you to this experience that we normally don't have a connection with. And it gives you a lot of information about how your body responds to different experiences in your life. Like, I know this is how I feel when I record. This is a very familiar feeling. Um, I, one way that I think this can be useful is like, if you are like going to work every day and you're like, wow, I feel like i super nauseous when I'm about to walk into work or I'm talking to someone or if I'm hanging out with a friend and then after I feel so tired and like, like, like a pain in my throat, like, or maybe people that you're like, wow, I feel so light now, you know, mm. and it gives us a lot of information and I'm not saying like quit your job end a friendship. But it's just information that is available to us. They say the body is the expression of the unconscious. And so it's to me, that's really trippy because it's like just so much information that we don't have access to otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. And on a lot of like, I, I keep going back to your TikToks because that's where I found you, but being more in tune with your body And you talk a lot about like being in tune with like how your body changes based on the certain energies and the people that you are around. And you have 
in your past were a people pleaser and were, was the, you know, kind of go with the flow girl where you've now are so in tune with your body and you adjust accordingly and people accordingly based on like how people make you feel, which I love that. We were just talking before you were on like Christine and I, because we've, you know, we've taken a break with the holidays. You're our first episode back, um, in almost a month. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of, I've missed her because we've talked about this in an episode before where, you know, you're around people and then you leave and you're just feeling like anxious or you're feeling anxious around that person. And then I have said before, like, that's your body telling you something is off and to listen to that part of you. Like if you're always anxious around someone, like limit your time around them, try to figure out, you know, you don't have to understand all the whys, but like, there's obviously something there that's dysregulating you. Um, and I always feel like when we're together, when Christine and I are together and I have a few other friends like this, like I feel so calm and the energy around them is filling and it's not taking, if that makes any sense. Like, so I'm like, yeah, totally. being around her feels really, really good and doing podcasts like this feel really, really good. But there are certain people where I don't feel that way. So I have to limit my time. And it's not personal. No. It, it's just kind of like I'm listening to the way that my body is showing up and telling me to take care of myself. Um, sometimes that's really hard, though. Yeah. And <laughs> especially like especially around the holidays and stuff where. You yeah. Know, sometimes you do have to be around people who make you feel a certain way and it doesn't feel great all the time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I went how, out of town this year. You did go because out of, of that. I was like, really? bye. Oh, see yeah. you. I think Christmases Damn. for the past couple of years have looked a lot different for me. Um, As you've healed more. Yeah. The more, um, the more I heal and the more attention I pay to the people around me, the less I spend time with them. And the, the more I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm doing what feels right for me and I'm staying home for Christmas and I'm not running around like a crazy person. And, you know, we do have kids. So like, I can't like leave the country. Like I wish I could, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's important to pay attention to your body, but I guess I've never really thought about it as like something that I can do all the time. Yeah. So that's pretty incredible because you really can sit there with yourself and, feel what you're feeling on a regular basis. Two minutes. Mm -hmm. Going from a people pleaser to kind of somebody who has boundaries, was that um, a struggle with? (laughs) Yes, girl. (laughs) With people in your life. And I guess I just want to like, go ahead. No, 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 go, go. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, and just to like clarify too, like this is kind of, uh, might sound like an extreme comparison, but people pleasing is it's an addiction just like any other addiction. It's something that we reach for when we feel a lack of safety. So just like any other thing, like for me, I'm also addicted to my phone. And so it's something that when I'm feeling things come up or like I'm feeling unsafe, I reach for it. And for me, people pleasing, I'm still a people pleaser. Like that's just my preferred means to find safety because I know that if I am like bubbly and giggly and uh, appeasing people, I have less issues normally. Um, and so it still like happens for me all the time. I notice I'm more conscious of it now, but, um, yeah, I mean, I had like something really crazy happen in August that was very traumatizing for me. And this was right around the time I was launching Venom, which is my program for like people pleasing. And I remember being like, so annoyed with myself because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm people pleasing so much right now. But it was because I had such a lack of safety in my body. And I think that's something to understand too, is like, 
I wish I was this like new person that was like, you know, had no problem setting boundaries and always was like, you know, but um, yeah. So I just wanted to mention that too, because I think that's, especially in the world that we're in the, like the spiritual, the healing world, I think it's very profitable too to like sell a transformation and like, yes, yeah. there's a transformation, but also it's, you know, at the end of the day, I'm still human, I guess. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's something that we struggle yeah, with all the but, time still yes. too. Yeah. We're recovering. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> recovering. Yeah. 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 Literally like a rec- I'm a people pleaser in recovery. <laughs> um, so yeah, but it definitely was a struggle. I mean, and because where like what do we replace that sense of safety with right like if I'm always like reaching for safety with people pleasing how do I get the safety otherwise and for me the safety comes in those micro moments of checking in and saying okay I'm my body I'm feeling a lot in my body right now just like the that little check-in I talked about earlier and then for me I like to use self-touch that really speaks to me like I you probably noticed I've put my hand on my heart like a million times since Mm -hmm. you started recording for me that's very comforting um or I'll like touch my arm rub my body um taking care of my body in a way that I take care of a little kid like realizing, okay, don't like being around this person. If I, I don't have kids, so it's probably easier for you to do this scenario because I don't have kids. But even imagining if I did have a kid, I wouldn't like, if they said, oh, I don't like hanging out with so-and-so, I wouldn't be like too bad. You're hanging out with them. I'd be like, that's okay. Like, you know, you don't have to. And so I do that with myself too. And that kind of mindset. Um, but yeah, I mean, boundaries are freaking hard And especially interpersonal ones, like there's personal boundaries with myself and then there's interpersonal boundaries. And yeah, I mean, my life dramatically shifted when I started really listening to how my body felt around people. And, you know, boundaries can look like you going to someone and saying, hey, this isn't working for me. It could look like you uh, leaving the relationship or it could look like you taking a step back. And I took a step back in a lot of my relationships and a lot of those relationships just ended up imploding completely. So that's kind of when I talk about like my struggles, like that was, um, and then there's that lack of safety again, right? When that happens, like when something like that happens or someone's telling you like, oh, you're so different than before, you've just gotten so difficult. Like then it's like, oh my gosh, that lack of safety is happening. And then I want to be full please. So it's, it's, yeah, it's really difficult. Yeah, definitely. I want to, I kind of want to touch on that a little bit because we were also talking about that earlier. You know, we've both kind of lost some friends in this process. Um, and when I say that I, I don't go into detail because there was never like some blow up or falling out. It was just, it was literally what you just said, like noticing that my time around that person felt very draining and I came home feeling like I need a break. I can't socialize for the next few days because that took a lot out of me. So I started Mm -hmm. to pull away from being that and showing up like that all the time. And that's, you're exactly right. That's when things really started to kind of implode because then it was, you never want to hang out anymore. You don't want to do this. Like you're not being a good friend. And and how do you explain? I mean, I'm not, it's a rhetorical question, but like, how do you explain that to someone who really didn't do anything wrong? It was me who changed. And I, that's kind of how I explained it when it finally when it finally came to like a head and I was like, I can't keep avoiding this. I have to explain what's going on. It was, it was very much a, it's not you. You didn't do anything wrong. This is me. (laughs) Like, and it sounds like such like one of those breakups, like it's not you, it's me, but literally like like, I'm the one who's changing. Like you're not, I don't expect you to like, you know, it's, it's, this is just, you know, you do you, but I'm changing and I'm kind of moving away from being the person who always shows up like that because 
when I do that, I don't show up for myself and there's nobody showing up for me that way. So that's kind of where those friendships like started to end is realizing that like me changing completely changed the dynamic of where that was. Totally. And a lot of people, I guess not a lot, it de- a lot of people for me, um, they didn't like that. It wasn't like, oh, okay, like you're growing. That's amazing. Like I'm so proud of you and like wanting to grow too or being open to maybe what I was going through or what I was healing from. It was like, nope, you've changed. Yeah. Don't want that anymore. Yeah. So it's hard. That's tough. Yeah. But I think that happens a lot. Yeah, I was thinking about that this morning. It's so weird, actually, that we're talking about this because I was thinking I had a lot of friends where I just was like not vibing with them anymore for whatever reason. And I think when people think of boundaries, like I don't know what if what you guys see on TikTok, but I see this a lot where people are like, you need to go to them and tell them I'm done with blah, blah, blah. You're not going to do this to me anymore. But it's like if that's who someone is, then that's not fair of me to go to them and say, you need to change to be friends with me. Like, that's not fair. That's why I stepped back from a lot of my relationships. Cause I was like, this isn't, this is who they are and this is what they need from the friendship. And I can't give them that. Yeah. And it's not fair to me and it's not fair to them to, to change, to ask them to change. Yeah, you're exactly right. But you know, what's wild though, is the friends who like, understood that and respected it they're still around you know and not all of them changed some of them did very true but you know a lot of them like respected that I was just kind of like taking a step back and taking care of myself and those friends have kind of stayed um yeah it's wild when you just start showing up for yourself differently and how many people are like that's not gonna work for me (laughs) well and another thing that you have said too is the best thing that you can do for yourself and do for those around you is to have a regulated nervous system. So it's like whatever you need to do to get that is what you need to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. I mean, if you're hanging out with people that stress you out, like that's not doing a favor to anyone. And I feel like at the end of the day, those people can feel it too. You know, like they yeah. can feel the, the friction. Like people are hella intuitive and they know too that something's not right okay I want to agree with that to some extent but then there have been (laughs) other times I'm I'm just going out on a whim here there have been other times where I'm like do they not feel this do they not understand there's a disconnect here because that's true that's true (laughs) but in those situations those are usually the ones that I'm pulling the most away from because they're so dysregulated I don't think they feel it. I think they do know. I Mm. think they do. But I think from what I've experienced is that sometimes toxic, I I don't even like using that word. Sometimes um, unhealthy dynamics are like fulfilling to people on some level. And they have been for me too, like in certain um, relationships for a time. So I think like, deep down they know yeah but it's like sense. on the surface level it's like oh like what do you mean everything's fine it's like brow be for real like you know okay that, i don't know that's my i that's what i think no that makes a lot of sense because sense. there was obviously something or i wouldn't have had to say anything like i'm like okay fine they keep asking i'm gonna have to like yeah. say something yeah. Yeah. You're right. I think maybe they just have a harder time putting their finger on what it is. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Um, what else? You had like something really good on there that you wanted to talk to her about. Well, so going back to safety. Yeah. You talk a lot about how like once you finally feel safe in your body, oftentimes people get incredibly tired because you know, a lot of that time you spent in like survival mode and you were hypervigilant. And, you know, if, if you are a people pleaser, like being so concerned about like accommodating 
yourself to other people all the time. So then once you start to feel safer in your body, you're exhausted from all of those years of just like pretending. And I thought that was fascinating Mm. and I never really thought about it like that before. Yeah. Tell us more. (laughs) That one hit home. (laughs) I was watching your face and she was asking that. It was so funny. You're like, (laughs) (laughs) Tweedledee and Tweedledum. No, I love it. You know, you guys are brilliant. Um, Okay. Yeah. So safety and feeling tired. So I think this is really connected to hypervigilance. So hypervigilance is when you feel like you um, have to be more vigilant or aware of your surroundings than is maybe actually necessary. And this often comes from a childhood of actually needing to be hypervigilant. whether that be environmental, like if you lived in a place where there was a physical unsafety, like unrest or, you know, certain neighborhoods, even in LA, I'm sure people are growing up with true unsafety. You know, there's like gun violence and gangs, like that's very real. And then there's also um, unsafety and dynamics with caregivers where if you have a parent, there's this is just one situation, but if you have a parent that's volatile um, and you feel like as a child, you have to be managing their emotion or you know that they won't be mad at you if you do, do certain things. So you're being vigilant of their facial expressions. And this is really resonant with people pleasers because oftentimes we people pleasers are born in that kind of environment and that's why my boyfriend will get mad at me sometimes because I'll be like looking at his face like looking at you like scanning and he's like what are you doing and I'm like I'm sorry it's just hyper vigilance like trying to detect micro movements of this person's um like body and facial expressions and so when you come from an environment like that um which is more of like CPTSD, mm-hmm. so complex PTSD. Um, when you come out of that, if you do, or if you have moments where you move into that safety, um, it's re- like your your nervous system has been running on cortisol and adrenaline, which are you know the stress hormones, right. um, and we need those. They're like part of how we function, but when you're running on those and then all of a sudden you kind of stop running on those, your body takes time to adjust and you've just kind of crash. And I experienced this this summer, like I said, with this event that happened in August and I was like super tense for a few weeks. And then I came home and I just like slept 12 hour days and like, you know, I just crashed because I wasn't feeling that hypervigilance anymore. So I think when people are like, healing or they're like moving out of toxic environments or you know relationship dynamics and they find their own place or even people say this when they bring a dog home from the shelter they'll like sleep a lot so it's really interesting to dogs to see yeah well and um last year i closed my business and then like a month later, I did a mushroom journey. And after I did my mushroom journey, I just slept and I napped and I wasn't really working as much at the time. And I, there were, there would be parts of me that'd be like, okay, like you're such a pile of crap, get up and go do something. And my fiance had to remind me like, no, like your body's telling you that you need rest. So just rest and enjoy it. It's okay. And I'm like, yeah, it is okay. <laughs> it totally is fine. Like I'm doing a lot of like inner work. Like I just closed a business down. Like I can just relax. And I think so many of us feel very, very um, guilty about that though. Like if yeah, we're not doing something, we're not being productive, but rest is productive. It can be for sure. Yeah. And that voice that you said, like, you're such a piece of crap. I know that voice. I think a lot of us have that. And I do something called parts work. 
have you heard of parts work yes from um richard schwartz he's amazing um and i in my new program that i'm about to launch and in the one-on-one sessions i do parts work for that voice that says you're a piece of crap what are you doing relaxing on the couch there's so much to do um yeah for de-shaming rest because it's like we have all these different parts of ourselves. There is the part that feels hypervigilant or feels ashamed of rest. And um, yeah, it's just really interesting that you mentioned that voice because I'm like, I know her too. <laughs> I have my own. Somebody needs to shut that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody needs to shut that bitch up because it's okay. Like she needs to stop. <laughs> so yeah, with the parts work too, the idea is like, instead of shoving that voice away, because yeah, she's so annoying. Like you just want her to like, shut up. <laughs> but the idea is like, instead we bring her in and we say like, it's really interesting with parts work too. You say like, how old are you? Cause you're having dialogue with this part. How old are you? How old do you think I am? And oh, normally these parts of ourselves think that we're still children. So they're like trying to protect us. Um, and then you ask like, what is, what, what a burden are you bearing? And a lot of times these parts, they're like, so I agree. They're so bitchy and they're so annoying. And they're so like, I mean, in every situation, you know, like even looking at myself in the mirror, I hear dialogue about my looks or whatever. These parts are like, they're really annoying, but they're, they're carrying a burden, a really heavy burden. And so when you bring them in, with the parts work and you integrate them and you, you know, basically befriend them. It's like fucking transformative. Like that actually is transformative because then every time you hear that voice, which I hear that voice all the time, like all the time, you can talk to it and be like, okay, Hey babe, you're back. (laughs) What's up? When you said, how old are you right now? That literally made me think of my psychiatrist. Literally same. He does that all the time. We have the same psychiatrist. I know that's weird. We don't see him at the same time. (laughs) But he's always like, and how old does that make you feel? And I'm like, fuck. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. But I mean, that's what he's doing. He's doing parts work with us. What's really interesting. I'm going to take this back because I listened to a podcast that was talking about like demons and like instead of fighting your demons, and this is all kind of correlated, like instead of fighting them, you love them. You Mm. thank them. You say, thank you. And, And same with parts, like they're just doing their job. They're doing what they were meant to do. So instead of being angry with them, you're like, listen, you did a really good job, like a child, like speaking to it like a child, mm-hmm. like you did a really good job, but I don't need that from you anymore. You can sit back and relax and I've got it from here. You know, so that's kind of totally same thing with like the the negative self talk, the the demons that are like protecting and doing all of this stuff. Like, thank you for the work that you do, but I can take it from here. Yeah, because yeah. if I let them take over, then it's all downhill from there. I'm behaving like a child all over. <laughs> yeah, again. don't give them the wheel. No, 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 no. Yeah, there was the reason my face was like getting all big when she was talking about that is be I don't know when. When did she po- when did you post that TikTok? Which one? The one about like uh, your body one? resting and like getting tired. Girl, I went back like 80 100 weeks ago. I don't know. I've looked at them all. <laughs> That's what I was like I have no idea when you posted that, but it showed up somehow and I was like, "Did you send me that?" She's like, "I didn't send you that." But it came at a time I have a friend who's microdosing right now and every time she microdoses, she gets uh, extremely tired. And I have yeah. kind of been Like, you know, maybe that's what your body needs. Like, maybe you need to rest. Maybe this, you know, maybe like, I I don't know anybody else that that's doing that for, but what if that's what it is? And then I saw that TikTok and I was like, Ooh, this, and I send it to her. And I was like, this makes sense. Like your body is like telling you to stop. Like you're doing too much. And then I remembered, I'm going to, I wait, like, I'm not going on a tangent, but I'm relating this back. Okay. My no, I like it. I like it. So, my husband is like he's 19 months sober now, but when he first got sober, I mean, this is something that I wanted for almost 16 years, and then he finally gets sober, and I had one of the worst depressive episodes of my entire life, and it didn't make sense. I was like, why now? Like, I am like 
dying over here and he's doing the right thing finally. And I remember our psychiatrist saying, well, yeah, you've been in survival mode for a very long time. And this is like, you're finally able to breathe, but you're having all this stuff come up (laughs) that you kind of haven't like processed or dealt with because you've just been surviving for a long time. And that made so much sense to me because when you are in those hypervigilant states or you're running on fumes or you're fight, flight or freeze, like think about all the stuff that like you're not really dealing with or processing the right way. Yeah. So it just, it was really heavy and that it was, it was similar, but different. Like I wasn't tired. I was just fucking depressed. (laughs) Well, you went through a lot. I went through a lot and I was finally able to sit with it the right way, which was heavy as fuck. So mm. it's kind of interesting because I think anybody else would be like, why are you depressed? Like the, the things that you wanted to happen are happening. Well, it's and deeper I think, than that. and I think people kind of struggle to sit with it because then a lot of feelings come and we don't know how to sit with those feelings or we think that they're, they're bad or, you know, we shouldn't feel that way. And it's like, no, we gotta, we gotta learn to like sit with it and see where it's coming from and then move with it. That's the hard part is sitting with those feelings. That's the fucking hardest part. (laughs) Another thing that you talk about is, and you, you, you bring it up, you've brought it up a few times is when you're really kind of going through it is you call them to look at glimmers. Yeah. Can you explain? Can you, because I've no one's ever, I've never heard anyone say that. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah. So glimmers are, okay. So you know what? I'm going to work this backwards. So you know what a trigger is, right? Yes. But you can go into that. A moment. Yeah. So a trigger is a moment where you feel your nervous system seize up someone has said something or something's happened that you feel a cue of danger. And we all kind of know what that feels like. And a lot of times in trauma healing, we focus a lot on triggers, Mm -hmm. but we don't focus a lot on those feelings of safety because we're orienting towards how can I heal? How can I fix myself? How can I go towards the triggers? And so glimmers kind of flips it on its head. So glimmers are the micro moments of safety where you feel, even if it's like a breath of safety. So for me, I feel glimmers when I'm walking in the park and the sun's coming through the leaves and I look up and I just feel this external sense of peace. Or when I see the sun hit the ocean in a certain way, I feel a lot of glimmers too around animals because they're so regulated. Ah. Uh, like petting a dog or a cat, uh, mostly dogs for me. I'm more of a dog person, but, um, <laughs> and so yeah, glimmer glimmers are a lot of times with trauma healing, we go towards the uncomfortable. And I think that's like important, you know, it's mm-hmm. shadow work, but we forget to move towards pleasure or safety. And so the glimmers are just this like little bite sized, um, way to practice. Okay. I'm basically rewiring the brain and the nervous system to understand the truth that there is external and internal safety in the body that exists. Cause sometimes we don't feel that, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's so important because I think a lot of times in this work, we get a little too carried away with, um, I'm not saying we as in me and you, but like we as in general, um, get a little carried away with like, once you realize there's some healing to do, that's all you do. And I think with our podcast, you know, we bring a lot of like the fun and the light out of it because that's also part of it. Like we're still having fun. We're still doing things. I love the the glimmers because I've I've kind of always called them like little breadcrumbs. I like glimmers. <laughs> I love glimmers. I know, like I'm it sounds like doing... glitter. Yeah. <laughs> like we'll credit you. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's it's easy to get stuck in that like the dark shadow healing 
without remembering to come up for air and remembering that like life is also about balance and having those pockets of good, not just focusing on all the hard work, but enjoying the hard work in between. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's important to remember. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> now we talk a lot about psychedelics and is there anything you've, you've talked on your podcast about um, how you've dabbled with psychedelics, which ones, if you don't mind me asking. Yeah, I don't mind at all. <laughs> um, I have only done mushrooms. Okay. And have you done like heroic doses and what were, if you have, what were those, those experiences like? Yeah. So I don't even know how many times I've done mushrooms. Um, in 2020 is when I think I first started, um, doing mushrooms. I don't think I've done a heroic is five grams, right? Yeah. Yeah, no. I'm I'm like super sensitive to mushrooms. Yeah, no. Like the first time I microdosed, I actually like fully tripped. That's how sensitive my body is to what? like I like don't I 5 grams I think I would maybe die. Like you're you're going to definitely see God. I'll tell you that right yeah. now. Yeah, so I I took I think I've only taken like max 2 but normally I take under one because I still like to move about and stuff. But one for me, I'm like, I'm chilling. One and a half, I'm good. I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. Um, yeah. That was like my first time. I still time like was... to be. Like in your body. It was what? I was in my 2020 was like my first yeah. time too. Yeah. I like to feel. Yeah. Yeah. That was when I started. I still like to feel like I think like a fun dose for New Year's Eve, we did like a gram and a half and it was like enough that I had a really good time with the people that we were with, but also like wasn't out of it. You know, it was just a really good fun yeah. night. I did a lot of mushrooms over the holidays. You're not like lying on the floor. Yeah. You're not crying in all up good in your face. You. <laughs> yeah. No, I did a lot mm-hmm. to get through. <laughs> Just yeah but I what I find this is so interesting because Christine and I have said this like we've done you know I don't think you've done a full breath work just like the mini breath work like we've done ayahuasca we've kind of we're we're like experimenters in human design so I feel like that's always going to be us like trying things just to see what it tastes like just to see what it does just to see how we relate to it and we always go back to mushrooms like that's our thing yeah. Like as much as there are other modalities, like it sounds like you've kind of found your thing. Yeah. And we kind of encourage people to do the same. Like we're never on here like, yes, do mushrooms. Yes, do psychedelics. It's it's more about sharing other modalities with and everyone and find what works for you. And, and be curious and, you know, be willing to try something new or get out of your comfort zone a little bit because there's something out there for everyone, whether it's psychedelics, yoga, breath work, um, somatic practices, like whatever it is, there is something for you. So I think it's important. Yeah, totally. We share all the different ways. Um, so you do the coaching and you do one-on-one. Um, and also I wanted to plug this before we like get off of here, but Her you podcast. also, you, uh, that too, your podcast, yeah. <laughs> you have a podcast um, and you have like YouTube videos, like you have like yoga and some practices on there that people can like tune in and drop in and do for free. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I found that. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I this was like back when I was more doing yoga, like yoga teaching. But yeah, I do have a it's a pretty decent library of like yoga classes um for all levels and then breathwork, which I'm like I think for me the biggest 
the most effective um, thing for regulating the nervous system that I like from yoga is the breath work. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of uh, little breath work things on there as well. I'll have to check that out. The breath work thing. I I know we're like trying to like wrap up, but I want to say this too is um, the first experience I ever had was like freaking wild, but it was also the most psychedelic thing I've ever done that wasn't actually taking psychedelics. And I really think we need to find someone local for people to like have access to for our local listeners and experience that. Um, because I, I really like what you said, like that's something you can do and then literally leave and come back home and be okay. Like with mushrooms, it's like a whole day thing. It's a whole thing. It's a commitment. And that's why I haven't done a big dose of mushrooms in a long time because I have these amazing breathwork teachers local and they do a full ceremony and you do the breathwork, I swear it's fucking psychedelic. Like I literally feel like I'm on mushrooms and then you're fine and you can drive home and do what you need to do. So I microdose mushrooms, but for big things, yeah, I do breathwork now, like instead of big doses. And it's legal. And it's legal. I know. And I did a mini (laughs) session. I was like, holy shit. I I was even like, how am I going to get through a whole thing? But, you know, Leah's explained like, it's, it's kind of the same way. Like yes. you have a come down, like you have a coming up, you have a peak moment and then you have the come down. Yeah. It's just like this hour long thing instead of this like six hour long thing where it's drawn out for so long. But yeah, you can, you can drive home afterwards. Like it's, you, you come down almost as quickly as you go up. I feel like that would mm-hmm. only make sense to anybody who's done it. <laughs> But, you know, there are so many different ways to do this type of work without actually ingesting something that's illegal in most places. Yeah. So you have breathwork on your, like, little mini breathwork sessions? I don't have the ones that you're talking about. I think the ones that we're both talking about is either, like, holotropic or um, Wim Hof, where you're like, yes, like the big inhales yeah um Wim Hof has an amazing guided one on his YouTube and I think it's 40 no maybe it's 15 minutes but that's a good one to start and it cues you like in out in out okay hold and release we should do that Mm -hmm. yeah we should do that. Um, so, okay. So yours are probably more of like the self-regulating, like breathing in, breathing out, tuning in type stuff. The ones I have on there are, um, they're pranayama. So they're more short. They're like 30 seconds to two minutes per breath. And it's like couple balti, um, bastrika. Are you familiar with those where you're like, (laughs) no, no, like I want to watch it now. Okay. So, you should try. Honestly, I okay. they they strengthen your vagal nerve or your vagal tone, so it makes you more like emotionally resilient. Um, but they're kind of like a little nervous system reset where it brings you up, it moves you into your sympathetic, and then into the parasympathetic. So you just feel really balanced, mentally balanced after. Yeah, and it's like five minutes, so totally oh, perfect effective totally doable you're her youtube girl i'm her tiktok girl i know i'm like i don't do tiktok as much as <laughs> as as christine does so when i do find one i'm like ooh, that's really good <laughs> all right so just plug your stuff for our listeners and we'll obviously we'll put it all below but like let us know where we can find you on tiktok and on youtube and your website and your coach all the good stuff all the good stuff yeah, so my TikTok is Cali Clue Yoga as well as my Instagram. I don't know. I think my YouTube channel is also Cali Clue Yoga. I haven't uploaded in so long, so I'm not well, sure. We'll but I think it. it's Cali Clue Yoga. Yeah, yeah, they'll put it there. Um, and then my coaching. So I right now I, I actually just took off my one-on-one sessions from my link tree. So I'm kind of moving away from that and into the group sessions. And I have a um, 10 week upcoming group coaching program that will be focused on finding restorative rest, safety, pleasure, and ease in your body, all somatic experiences. So it's going to be amazing, um, especially now with winter, it's like perfectly timed. And so 
Um, that's coming up. That starts in February. And other than that, I have uh, on-demand, like, somatic experiences that you can uh, do on my Teachable. And that's all in my link tree as well. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. We'll have to plug yeah. that. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing with us today, for dumbing it down for us. <laughs> like we're fine. Kevin, Kevin from the office. Yeah, Kevin. Sorry. Um, and honestly, for like what you're doing, for for sharing with everybody what you have learned along the way. And I think that that's incredible. You're doing awesome things. So. All right. Yeah. Our, thanks for having me. You guys are so fun. Like it just felt like chatting with friends. So, oh, thanks. Yeah, thank <laughs> it helps. We try, it work. Yeah, yeah. We try to make it that way. <laughs> All right. And to our listeners, we will see you guys on the other side.